Welcome to Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast library of topics covering regulatory compliance, reporting, disclosures, financial management, and financial transformation technologies. Bramasol is the leader in SAP-based finance solutions and the co-innovator with SAP on developing and deploying purpose-built compliance capabilities. Learn more about Bramasol at www.bramasol.com. Uh, hello, this is Jim Hunt for Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series. Uh, today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics uh, with Julio de la Costa, who is the Director of Accounting at Bramasol, and that topic is analytics uh, with some specific drill down on forecasting and historical analysis. So, Julio, welcome. Good to have you again. Uh, nice to be here, Jim. Good to talk to you again. You bet. Um, so why don't we start with kind of a, a broad overview of why every company needs analytics? Sure. So, Jim, I think this is one of the most important measures in the space of financial analysis, financial accounting, because if you think about you know, I'm an accountant, so in my days as closing the books and doing budgeting and forecasting and financial planning, you know, we would do an amount of work to actually get the numbers together. Once we had the numbers together, we would distribute it to various uh, executives within the company and various interested parties, such as, you know, the CFO, the CEO, the VP of sales, VP of operations. And why is that? That's because, you know, you get to do whatever the company is doing, whether you're making products or you're selling services. At the end of the day, how you do that is very important. But what's more important is how you show that, how is, how is the activity reflected? And the activity is reflected in the numbers. So in the old days, you know, you would put together a financial package. In my old days, specifically, you would use a tool, Hyperion or what have you, to consolidate, and then you'd have a reporting platform where you would, at least I used to generate the financial numbers for the end of the month or the end of the quarter, and then I would put it in a financial reporting package, usually Excel, sometimes a PDF, and I remember days when I would literally stand by the printer and print out 12 copies of this PDF document, put it in a hardcore binder, make a three-hole punch, and basically hand deliver it to the executives. That was my job, part of my job. I think now with technology, especially SAC, which is you know the SAP analytics uh, platform, it makes it a lot easier. I think the 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 gone is the days when you have the three-hole punch, you have to sit by the printer and wait for the copies, and God forbid the formatting was out of line, you got to do a whole printing run over again. So now you have this platform called SAC Analytics, where you basically, after the accounting team has actually closed the books, you can start running your own reports. So what you see is enablement using technology where executives or anybody in the company from the staff accountant to the CEO, they have their own platform 
and they can go into the, to, to the technology and run their own reports. So a good example is a staff accountant might be interested to understand what sort of uh, postings went through for the month end. A CEO now, he or she is more interested in looking at what is my revenue trend for the quarter versus last year, this quarter? Or what is my, you know, trailing 12 months analysis of my earnings or my contribution margin? These are things that, you know, companies want real time and they want as soon as your books close. I remember as in my former controller days, you know, you have day three and the CFO is already asking, what are the numbers looking like? Because I'm pretty sure his CEO and his executive team is asking him, what are the numbers looking like? SAC enables that to get real-time reporting and not only real-time reporting, but now you can slice and dice the data however you want it. So in the SAP space, you know, Bram Salt provides revenue, treasury, uh, lease accounting, but now we're dipping our toes into the space of overall financial analytics for any company, financial performance analytics. And that breeds right into beyond looking at what happened historically, it's what's going to happen, which is financial planning and analysis. Jim, does that give a good overview of what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's a great overview, Julio. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that occurred to me is, um, and <laughs> I commiserate with you from the old days when you would uh, print all those pieces and put them together in a three-hole binder. There was, in those days, obviously there was lack of transparency back to your spreadsheets about how it had been done. Exactly. And one of the things that, uh, you know, we talk about a lot is that uh, single source of truth concept with analytics that's integrated um, and spans the all of the uh, uh, native data sources everybody is operating from the same source of truth uh, from the outset. Exactly. I think that's very important, Jim. You bring up a really good point because um, in my old days of that, you know, tree hole punch doing the, the print runs, when I presented that package in my three hole punch binder to the executives, you're exactly correct. There was no way to really tie what I was presenting in this PDF that I generated from Word and Excel to the actual numbers that are coming out of the system. Some of it was actually manipulated to change some formatting, to change some adjustments. So there's no controls. I was the only control. And unless something fell way out of range, let's say, you know, I had $100 last month and this month I have zero, then if it was 100 compared to 95, you know, more or less people would say, okay, that looks about right, but there's no validation about, well, is that really a real number? And what did Julio or his team have to do to come up with that number? So that's actually spot on point. Yeah, or, or if they wanted a slightly different drill down view, exactly. uh, you and your team would have to go back and research that question and create it for them, whereas with uh, integrated analytics, you can just help them with their dashboard to focus on what they're interested in. Yes, exactly. And I mean, you know, if you think about analytics, analytics is just a fancy word 
which is basically financial number analysis. Analytics spans the whole world. You can use analytics in, you know, in my old days working in the oil field industries, companies use analytics to look at their operational efficiencies from, you know, how, how much oil was coming through the pipeline to, you know, um, health and safety analytics. But what we're actually focused on and I'm focused on is financial analytics, which is looking at the financial performance of the companies from the general ledger data coming from accounts payable, accounts receivable, general ledger into a consolidated financial picture of that company. So looking at things like cash, accounts receivable, return on equity, return on capital employed, EBITDA, EBIT, net, net contribution, gross contributions, all of those financial analytics that, you know, if you if, if you line those metrics up, most companies, what they would do is at the end of every month, you would have a set of data points that you're looking at. And you're looking at trend analysis to say over the last six months, over the last nine months, over the last quarter, and you're comparing that to prior year's quarter, the last five years, and you're creating these cool graphs and trends and if you like bar graphs or you like uh you know whatever trend you like you have this nice chart in front of you that gives a picture of something in a couple of seconds so if you think about earnings before interest and tax ebit a lot of companies like to start with that analysis because you know you have a picture and pretty much jim if it's going in up you can tell right away. If it's going down, you can tell right away. And the name of your podcast is Insight to Action. That's gonna give you a lot of insight to action, you know, and that's the power of real analytics. A great foundational overview. Let's dive into uh, how analytics can be used for forecasting. Yes, very important because, you know, a lot of companies are very interested in, you know, tell me how I did, but, a lot of CEOs I realize and I find is they don't care too much about what happened in the past. What happened in the past is really for accountants to put together the historical picture. And we're really good at that. But I think what CEOs, and especially if you're a public company and you know you follow Wall Street and they have all these uh, buy side analysts, sell side analysts, the analysts, they're really interested in the future. What will the company do? And what is the guidelines and what is the, the, the estimates that they're giving out? A lot of companies give out quarterly estimates for the next 12, 12 months, 24 months, five years in advance. And what do you think about that? You think about analytics and analytics builds upon the historical background of any company. So it takes historical performance and it layers upon putting in your budget and your forecast into this analytics tool, what we call SAC, and basically gives you a number of indicators. So in forecasting, what you're doing is you're taking, I guess the most common people use is the trailing 12 months. They use a trailing 12 months analytic and they can use that for revenue, for gross margin, for net net profit, whatever you're using, and they use that as their starting point for their for their rolling budgets. 
when I talk about rolling budget, there's two, there's two, there's two differences here. The first one is your budget. Your budget is your annual forecasting um, plan. So you usually have a 12, 12 month budget and that turns into a longer term budget or five year budget. Then layered on top of that, you would have your rolling forecast. So companies, let's see big ones, some companies reforecast as we call it every month, they reforecast every quarter and they reforecast every six months. So what does that do? So you're going to start with your budget. So at the beginning of the year, like right now, you're going to have a 12 month budget. At the end of March now, you're going to compare what did I do versus my budget. But then, you know, maybe I'm doing better than my budget or maybe not so worse than my budget. So what companies do is you have a reforecast process where you say, you know what? I know I'm not going to make my budget this year, so let me reforecast down closer to my actuals because certain things have happened. Maybe COVID, maybe, you know, or maybe you forecast up. You have a, you maybe want a big contract in Q1. So what you're trying to do is track as closely as you can to your budget, but then you reforecasting to get more nuanced into what's actually happening in the business. Because if you think about budgeting, Budgeting happens a quarter before you get into the new year. So most companies have finished their budgeting by the end of the last year, which like if in this, in this example, we would have finished our budgeting by the end of November, early December of 2020. So a lot of things could have changed in my industry. So you're trying to do a reforecast to get closer. So the good thing about SAC analytics is you can do all of that process within the tool. You can put down, get your trailing 12 months, you can get your actual budget in, and then you can do your reforecasting. And then there's a lot of neat analytics that you can do. What am I doing for my actuals, for my budget, for my reforecast, and then really come up to fine tune, how is the company really doing? And that's the power we see of, of the FPNA tool within the SAC analytics uh, environment. You know, thank you. You know, it sounds like um, if your historical data is rich enough as you accumulate it and you get it, you build a base in the analytics system, there's a lot of also modeling that you can do looking forward. Like if you, if you anticipate your product mix or your gross margin is gonna change or you're doing a facilities expansion you can model those based on real data rather than just kind of a, a guess. And that's exactly what we're trying to become, Jim, is be trying to become more accurate. We're trying to become more real time because big things happen to companies all the time. You know, if you think about last year around this time, COVID was just starting up. And then we have many companies, you know, were negatively impacted by COVID. On the flip side, we have many other companies who were positively impacted by COVID, such as Zoom, you know, the, the real-time uh, video company. We have software as a service boomed last year. And it's important to really reforecast because especially if you're a public company, what you're doing is you're giving, uh, we call it the street, new estimates. And usually, if you give good estimates 
and it, you know, usually you beat estimates as they would say every quarter, your stock price goes up. So it's very important to understand what are the drivers of my business and how are we doing that to increase or decrease or to come in within our estimate guideline. Very important process within public companies. Yeah, and when you consider that, you know, as so many people say, the stock market is a, a forecasting mechanism, yep. then you really want to be able to provide accurate data um, to enable analysts and investors to do that forecasting with you. Absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit more about historical. You've touched on it some because it's such an important mm -hmm. baseline for forecasting, but any other uh, issues with historical analysis and how you'd use it and why it's important? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you think about when you have these high level uh, dashboards or analytics, you start with these big numbers, revenue and expenses, and you start with, you know, what's my cash? What's my available availability in cash? But if you think about it, you know, companies want more than that. You know, you have different audiences. So when you start getting down to the CFO and you start getting down to the director of revenue accounting, what's more important than analytics? And, you know, what I find very interesting is there's this tool within the SAP space and it's called the growth and performance dashboard. And when I say that, it means that if you look at sales or revenue, revenue is driving a certain amount of performance. But then the next question comes into play is, well, why? Why did my sales go up? You know, is it because of growth? Is it because what is the driver of that sales? And the neat thing about this tool, I wish I could show you actually on, uh, on the computer, but there's actually something that SAP uses called the growth effects. So what can drive revenue, Jim? There's volume. If I sell a lot more product, or let's say I increase my price. Well, what is my mix of volume and price? Those are the things that are very important to revenue team that tells me, you know, did I have a volume variance or did I have a price variance or did I have both? Some, sometimes if you're lucky enough, you increase price, your volume goes up. Usually if you increase price, maybe your volume goes, goes down. But if you increase price enough, that doesn't have a negative impact on my volume, then I am increasing my overall revenue. Those are very important variables that companies want to know. And that's what tells you about the efficiencies of my revenue growth. Is it because of volume? Is it because of price? And more importantly, what products are, are, are increasing in volume? What business units? What are the countries where I've had the highest growth? So as you think about that from a, from a, a, a picture perspective, uh, Jim, you can tell that when you start drilling down into these metrics about volume, price, region, geography, and you layer that onto legal entities and countries, it's going to give you a really good picture of where I've been, what I've been doing, but more importantly, 
where should I put my marketing focus? If I look at, you know, if I look at a big company and I know, you know, we had a price increase in Europe and for some reason my volume went up, you know, and I have some, you know, an inelastic volume. What happens is I may say to myself or to my executive team, we need to put more resources or more marketing spend in Europe because even though I raise prices, the volume that was not negatively impacted. So it's a good indicator of looking at what is my spend, my marketing spend, what is my, uh, my, my ad spend, and where do I put those dollars, those scarce dollars, where's my best allocation of dollar going to be, give my highest return. So that's the kind of analysis that you need. Secondarily, if you look at uh, cash, Everybody wants to talk about cash and treasury and accounts payable. When companies start looking at what is my day sales outstanding? What is my day days payable? If you think about that from a from a from a cash perspective, how fast am I uh, am I converting accounts receivable into cash? That's one metric. Um, how slow can I pay my vendors? those two influence my working capital metrics. If I slow down my payments to my vendors, let's say 90 days, and I increase my, uh, my account receivable conversion to less than 30 days, I am putting more cash into my business. Then my treasury folks are going to ask the question, well, you know, we've been accumulating a lot of cash in this region of the business. How best can we put that to work? Can we decrease our loans pay off our loans with the excess cash we have and reinvest in the business. I mean, Jim, we, we can talk about this for, for days upon end, but that's some of the power of understanding what are the drivers of your business and how can I best allocate resources within my business? Great overview, thank you. Uh, in the few minutes we have left, let's talk a little bit about uh, what companies can do to get started and also, if you could maybe address, if I'm a listener, a CFO, and I've got multiple legacy systems, maybe I've been doing a lot of M&A activity or something, talk a little bit about how um, SAP Analytics uh, can address um, heterogeneous um, multiple legacy platforms. Yes, good, good point, Jim. I mean, SAP fully believes that SAC Analytics is the way of the future. It's the way that companies look at, manage, and allocate resources in their businesses. And if you think about it, we in Bramasol are fully behind this initiative. In fact, we are fully involved in analytics, not just in overall financial analytics, but in all our key areas of revenue recognition, of leasing, of treasury, and S4. And to answer your question specifically on if you have a multiple entity platform and they're using different, you know, general ledgers, different ERPs, they maybe have JD Edwards in Europe, they have uh, SAP in the United States. SAP Analytics is a great tool to feed all the numbers from these disparate systems into this analytics platform because what's going to happen is you're going to have a consistent 
uh, stream of data coming into this platform. And, you know, revenue is revenue all over a company. Whether you get the revenue out of JD Edwards or Dynamics or SAP, the neat thing about SAP Analytics is you're feeding these revenue sources or cash or treasury needs or ARAP or anything, any financial number into this analytics platform. And then once it's there, the data becomes homogeneous. The data becomes equal and consistent. And then you start mining the data for insights to action. And that's the beauty of this tool. That is great. And just a thought, we should do a future session on using analytics to um, streamline M&A um, integration activity. Uh, definitely, definitely we should. And, you know, more to come, we will be doing webinars on the analytics offering from, SA, from SAP in the SAC analytics platform. And we will be applying that to our space as well in the revenue treasury and leasing spaces as well. I think it's a great offering. I think any CFO, CEO who wants, you know, insight to action and wants to have actionable questions back to his business teams needs SAC analytics. Perfect note to end on, Julio. Thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. I know our listeners will learn a lot from it. Thank you, Jim. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series. We hope that you found it helpful. To ensure that you never miss a future episode, you can subscribe to Bramasol at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Bramasol and detail on our solutions for compliance optimization and financial transformation, please visit www.bramasol.com or email us at info at